to Pod Save Africa. Welcome 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 to Pod Save Africa. Welcome. Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akande Adirili, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Joe Sao. Um, I will let Joe introduce himself. I don't think I could, I could, I, I don't think I could properly, appropriately describe all of his many, many accolades. Uh, but yeah, Joe, tell us who you are. So I'm uh, name is Joseph Baby Joe Sao, representing Baby Joe Sao. Okay, that's actually my middle name. Yeah, representing the beautiful country of Liberia, West Africa. Uh, originally from Philadelphia, been in Ohio for the past seven years, and now I plan on going back to the East Coast real, real soon. Uh, proud graduate of DUI State University, shout out to my Buckeye listeners, you know, he's back in the great city of Columbus now. Uh, in addition to that, man, I got my MBA from Webster University, and now I'm working on my second master's in cybersecurity. Should, right. should be done that here in, in about a year or so. Uh, but I'm heavily involved in the librarian community, both at the local politics politics level, as well as some community organizations, particularly uh, Libraries for Liberia and the Village Improvement Project. Okay. So, so, uh, so let's let's talk about you personally first. Um, so you grew up in Philadelphia, came here to uh, like how how did your family come to live in the United States? Oh man! So at the Civil War, um, Library Civil War was actually like really popular. Compared to other countries um, in the Civil War, but after the Civil War, so I was born in '90. Um, I'm a little old now, so I was born in '90. Uh, my family, my mom and I, we skipped the Civil War, and like I was born in April 1990, we skipped the Civil War probably around like March 1991, mm-hmm. and we like sought refuge in neighboring countries. So I lived in Guinea for five years. Uh, Ivory Coast for some time. We would eventually come into the states in 1997. Okay. So I came with my three sisters. So when we came, we lived in Silver Spring, Maryland, '97, and then in '98, my mom and I moved to Philly. Okay. So I was in Philly from '98 to 2011. Okay. Before starting Ohio State at fall 2011. All right. And what did you do at Ohio State? So Ohio State, I study uh, political science and economics. Right. Because okay. I, I wanted to be when I was younger. My goal was to be the next president of Liberia. Okay. And I say that jokingly. It's no longer a goal. It's no longer a goal. I okay. say that jokingly now because the premise of, whom, of me wanting to be the next president of Liberia was because I wanted to help the country. Okay. Right? So I felt like I had to study politics right. uh, in order to do so. Okay. Right. In order to like try to give back to the country, you got to be like that face. Right. right? right. Um, so that's why I studied political science to, to learn the politics a bit. Okay. And the economics to learn the practical use of it. Right. Yeah. And how to you know, leverage our resources to. Right. Make better political decisions. Uh, so theoretically, it makes sense, all right. Uh, but I'm like, yo, like, truthfully, I don't be president of Liberia. I just want to help the people of Liberia, mm-hmm. right? And and it wasn't until I really started doing like the nonprofit work and seeing like how that a tangible impact is having immediately that I'm like, I could do this. I could do what I want to do without having to sacrifice my true passion, uh, which is being an entrepreneur. Okay. And kind of before we get into your nonprofit work, I'd like to talk more about you being an entrepreneur. First of all, how did that start? Was it as a result of just being an economics major and just like, all right, it's the next thing to do? Or 
what man so you know like uh africans by nature we're hustlers man like we, sure. we always find ways to um to, to to leverage our work ethic right so when i was <laughs> i feel like every kid has the same hustle when i was in uh elementary school and, and middle school like the apartments that we live in was uh one block away from the, the local grocery store okay Unfortunately, like even though we lived in Philly, we moved right outside of Philly to uh, like the, the suburban area that's ten minutes away from Philly. So you're in a better school district. Okay. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? You still yeah. Close, 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 close enough. Yeah. Um, so I would like go to the local dollar store and buy like the dollar pack of bubble and bubble gum. Okay. Four in a pack. I would okay. Sell it for a dollar a piece. Right, okay. with margin, 300%. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, I used to, you know, what I'm saying hustle everything from bubble gum to Tic Tacs. Okay. Oh uh, man, I think the biggest hit was like the Reese's. Alright. Uh, but anyway. Alright. So fast forward, I had a few like entrepreneur endeavors. Um, worked at Burger King for five, six years. Okay. Uh, but even at Burger King, like I would, I would be hustling other things at Burger King. Like really? I remember in high school, man, this was like back uh, middle school, high school. So back when like throwback jerseys was in, uh, my mom gave me two hundred bucks Christmas money. Okay, one of the first times ever. So I took that money. I went to New York and I bought like all the old school like throwback jerseys. Really? Like how many would two hundred dollars get you? Okay. So it was twenty bucks from uh, the twenty bucks from. Trenton train station. Okay. It's taking the uh to Penn Station. Okay. And then like you walk to thirty fourth or thirty second street, New York. Right. Get like the jersey for like twenty twenty, twenty five a piece, depending on what kind it was. Okay. So you know, I had the Carmelo Anthony Oco jersey. Mm, I had okay. the Julius Urban jersey. Right. You had the James Worthy, the throwback, uh all the yeah, I'm saying, uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin McHale, all all, right. all all them good ones, right? And then I would, I would go back to the time I was in like a, a predominantly white high school and middle school. So I would like be selling that for like anywhere from 100 to 300 pop. Dude. I was getting it, man. My dude, um, multiplying, okay. So, so it's so, been in you. Like you've always almost pretty much. Yeah, but I feel like everybody, like all African people I know, like had, had that some sort of. Also, one or another. Has, has that grind. I would say, though, that, like, I guess where it almost seems like you're different is that you started you started an actual effort in real estate. Like, you you wanted ownership very quickly, and you seem to have done that, like, very, like, you're still in your 20s, and you already are a, a property owner. How did that, how did that happen? What, what, was that, first of all, was that your first, like, post-college hustle? Was that the first thing you were like, okay... This uh, is something else I wanted. So when I when I got to Ohio State, I was like, man, I, I gotta find a way to make money outside of um. Okay. So I started like I started cutting hair. Okay. And I sucked at that shit. <laughs> oh my god! So many lineups. So so I think like what started me cutting hair was that like I was all live my fraternity brothers. Okay. Um, and like you know you you do like different stuff in the fraternity. So like we were broke. I'm like, man, like I, I bought one well, of those like twenty bucks clippers from Walmart. Right. And I started cutting dude's hair, but it's like <laughs> the, the my first cut the person hair. Uh I cut his hair, but I forgot to put the guard guard on. <laughs> so I forgot to put the guard on, so I just like straight zoop. 
<laughs> and he didn't notice, right? So I spent the next like ten minutes trying to fade it out. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh uh, okay. man. I sucked at that, so I knew that wasn't it. Eventually, I got better, so I come on here now occasionally. Okay. And then uh, I went on. I went on Craigslist, and I bought a DJ set for four hundred bucks. Okay. So. Big investment. Uh, a DJ for like. He's a DJ all out parties on uh, undergrad. Like really? Uh at least for for, for my fraternity. Okay. I'll I'll file for and then uh I suck with that too. It's like <laughs> you suck that yeah, yeah, damn yeah. son. Yeah, I heard you give a confession. Did everybody know you suck that? No, like like the, our parties were lit. Okay. Our parties were lit. Cause okay. it's like uh we we were the the, the stereotypically like we, we were like the, the, the quote unquote smart kids, but we were also like cool with everybody. Okay. You know, so, okay. And I think like what what worked for me coming to Ohio State was when I transferred here, you know, I had, I had like the whole like new guy effect, right? Right. So that that worked for me. You're exotic. Yeah, essentially, because right. like you're a new guy, like who the fuck yeah. is that guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's asking. Yeah. Right. So, right. Uh, and then like my personality by nature, I'm just like cool and chill. Uh, so, it's a DJ all parties, man. I think like what 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 made our parties legendary was. The one time we literally had people at our house from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. And, well, so we we hosted an event that ended at 11, and then we okay. had an after, after party at our house at okay. 6 a.m. And it just so happened that there were some uh, prior OSU uh, football basketball players that went pro. Okay. And then they came and brought, like, some of their teammates to right. our house party. So it was just dope. Nice. Uh, Eventually, that that was done. Uh, then, in twenty fourteen, I moved my mom from Philly to Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Uh, and we and we bought her house. Me, my stepfather, and her. Okay. Uh, okay. What about your sister? My sister, she she moved down like a year later. Okay. She she's still out here, but she doesn't have a, have a property yet. Okay. Um, I tried buying her house in twenty fifteen. It didn't work out. Okay. Uh, she was just too picky. And I was like, you know what? This is not going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, business with family. Um, right. Okay. So after being a DJ, what was the next hustle? Is, is then I'm going to buy houses. Now, so after being a DJ, man, it was like, bro, like trying to get into, uh, find a way to pay for school. Like, because yeah. was out of state tuition was kicking my butt. So that's how I ended up joining the military. That's a car, okay. man. Uh, anyway, fast forward. Next hustle really came was like, when I graduated from Ohio State, I started working a full-time job. I was making like average entry-level salary. Right. You know what? This is not it, bro. I need I need like some uh, another source of income. Granted, I've been like selling and buying stocks for for a minute and making some money off that. Okay. But it wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I wanted some some tangible assets that's going to continue to appreciate. Also, bring some cash flow. Okay. So I watched like literally uh, maybe like a hundred hours. Almost 100 hours of like different like podcasts, right? Uh, videos on YouTube, uh, and we're from, from bigger pockets to some more like personal, like beat the bush, okay, uh, more like personal, like YouTube channels, okay. Uh, beat the bush, what's that about? Uh, beat the bush is, is like uh, uh, an Asian guy in particular who okay. talks about finding ways to uh, save money, okay. Right. Beat the bush, uh, okay. I gotta check that out. The different videos, so anyway. Fast forward, I'm like, yeah, man, so it's time for me to um, start doing it. Okay. So when it comes to real estate investing, like one of the first things that people do or recommend is to like you, you house hack, which is a term that was coming from a bigger pockets, which is essentially 
you live in one unit and you rent the other units up, right? Mm. So as a as a home buyer, as an owner occupant, you can buy up to a four unit property. Okay. Right. So you can buy that down. Um, whether with FHA or conventional loan. All right, now you wouldn't be considered commercial. Exactly. Okay. So I spent the bigger part of uh, like six months trying to find a property that I could I could buy. So at first I tried buying a house. It didn't work out because my taxes were effed up. Right. All right. You know, yeah. So I had to go back and fix my taxes. Once I fixed my taxes, right. I went back and I bought I bought a property. It was a four unit property. Um, the return on it, the numbers just make sense. And okay. I said it was a little time, so I bought the property for $185,000. Okay. All right. Uh, I, put, okay. I put about uh, five, no, 10% down. So my, my, more, my monthly payments on the property was uh, one, about thirteen forty, thirteen forty a month. Okay. And then it was a four unit property. So, uh, I inherited a tenant and I got, I got two more tenants within the first month of me owning it. Okay. So, uh, that's six thirty a month times three, right? So I'm bringing home eighteen ninety, eighteen ninety a month. My mortgage is thirteen forty. Right. So I'm living for free in a fourth unit while they're paying my mortgage, and then like I'm using the the profit that I'm getting to like pay you know the utilities or not utilities, you know, the water and sewer. Right. Because they take care of other utilities and pay like my maintenance guy. Right. 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 So. And then, ah, uh, then you know, I'm like, yo, bro, like this, this works. So I call up a couple of my other partners, uh, real friends from Ohio State. I'm like, yo, man, like, you know, we're young guys, we're all single at the time, we're making, like, you know, we're making okay money. Okay. Let's, let's do something with it. So, uh, my boy Damien, he was working on Wall Street at the time, and he was like, yeah, man, let's make it happen. So, and. Literally, we was like, all right, let's see what we can do. So we started talking about it. Next thing we know, we found a lawyer, we found a tax person, uh, we found a realtor, sure. and we're up to 13 units now, and that's been oh, wow. a little over a year. Oh, and one year? Yeah, a little over a year. Oh, wow. a year. oh so, my gosh, I didn't know all that was that recent. Yeah, it was like December of 2017. Okay. And what's uh, what's a big scheme like moving forward? I mean, thirteen probably first of all, you guys must be yeah, thirteen units. Um, okay, only man's thirteen units. So uh, the plan is, is just to get like you know residual income coming in. Uh, okay. Right now, we have a plan to not touch any of the money that we stated at the business seat That's until smart. we get like a certain dollar amount. Right, once we get that dollar amount, then we will either uh, start paying dividends to ourselves okay. or see how we can leverage that dollar amount to. Um, get into larger commercial properties. Mm, right. Okay. Okay. Um, yet again, we're still in, in the beginning stage. You know, we're making a lot of mistakes. We're learning from it. Right. Um, but the best part is with having like multiple partners is that we can still live our own life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's not all kinds of human. Exactly. Good. You don't have to focus all your energy on like trying to work three different jobs at once. Okay. So like, I have one partner who take care of administrative stuff. Right. Okay. He calls himself the CEO. Which is fine. <laughs> oh, all right. Whatever flows your boat. No, but he, he he actually does a lot of that, that good stuff. So okay. um right now he's away, so we're taking care of the stuff. I have another partner. Uh he's uh, a huge part of investing. He's the one that go out and seek outside money. Um, mm. he leverage he, he's 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 Chinese. Okay. So he's leveraging our relations, his relationships 
the people in China. He's bringing okay. in some money that way. Oh, that's good. Enough, we can provide an 8 to 10% return every, every year. Every year, okay. It comes in. Granted, we've been able to do so. Last year, we paid our investors uh, about 14%, 14, 15 percent Oh, wow. Okay. So, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, after that, that solid year, we got more, more people. Okay. Okay. Let, let's see what you guys do this year. Then we might want to invest some money next year. Right. 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 And, and, and beyond that, you guys are still able to make a profit. Yeah, yeah. We, we we make we make good profit. Yeah. Uh, we make good profit. Um and right now the numbers are working. Uh okay. so I think this year we haven't done a flip yet. We've been trying to find the right property to do a flip. Yeah, it's it's a risk to yeah. some degree. It is. And I think one of the downside about like analyzing too much is that you get was the word analyze paralysis where you like you just never do yeah, anything yeah so right our goal is, is to get definitely one done um, okay. by excuse me by, by june or july we give us a, like six month time frame i want to get walmart do you have a size scale of property you're looking for uh it's more so the target areas not the property per se okay we want to like uh look into the nationwide area here in columbus because Mm. It's up and coming. It's, it is hot. Mm -hmm. You got to move fast on those ones. And we have a couple of other spots in the King Lincoln districts that we're looking at. Okay. Uh, but we have two realtors that are actively looking for us, both on, on the MLS, MLS and also on offsite. And we also like have uh, wholesalers that we, that we work with. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, and then we've identified partners who's, who will like lend us the money. At, at a very expensive rate. So, what do you mean expensive rate? High interest rate. High interest rate. Okay. All right. But like, say we buy a property to renovate and flip for like, let's say, fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Right. The after repair value is one hundred fifty thousand dollars after okay. we put up. After, right. It. And then we we will borrow the the fifty thousand dollars. I like, let's just say fifteen percent. Right. High interest. Right. Um, and then. We also need about like thirty thousand dollars to renovate it. Right, right, right. So all in, we're like eighty thousand dollars plus fifteen percent, which is like the borrowed money. Right. And then after that, probably make like a thirty thousand dollars profit if the right. numbers make sense. If the numbers are right, right, if it all works out right. So all that, all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's like being that is our first flip we have not done yet. Right. There's always a slight hesitation to try to pull like, okay, this is the one. Right. You know. Do you have any, is it, is it not possible to find people who give you better interest rates on loans like that? It is, it is, it is. We've, um, there's a couple companies we've looked at, uh, Harmony Lenders and Private Lenders. Okay. Right now, I'm just giving you an example. Um, so we're looking at anywhere between, uh, 11% to 15%. Okay. And the reason is, they give you more favorable rates once you've done multiple properties. Ah, uh, right? so it's so that you're our first up. one, right? And we're doing it in a business name, not none of our personal names. Okay. Then there's a little bit of um, gotcha. hesitation, right? Yeah. Because yeah, liability is limited. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Interesting. All of that makes sense, though, man. I feel like you know, Good. Uh, it's really fast. Like, uh, what would you kind of recommend to other Africans, other folks just listening to the podcast, like um, around this idea of? You, you seem to take an organized approach to taking risk, but taking the risk regardless. Mm -hmm. So what do you, because a lot of folks, like you said, analysis paralysis, especially because despite being very, very hustle prone for a lot of big moves, I feel like Africans sometimes do get 
paralyzed by analysis. You know, you go to your uncles and ask about this, they're going to tell you, oh, it's not going to work because 20 years ago it didn't work this way, that way, the next. What's your advice to folks? Well, I, I think like that's the beauty of like the, the world that we're living now, right? Because like everything that I wanted to do, this is going somewhere else. Everything that I wanted to do in life, I found somebody that's done it before. Mm. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, like, There's always somebody that's done it before. Okay. And it's weird because it's like, so I'm in like two, um, I was in like five, but I'm, right now I'm in two active real estate groupies, right? Okay. I'm up the group me app. And I've connected with so many like young Africans uh, all around the, the states that, that that do real estate. Okay. Right? Uh, my one boy is Nigerian, Michael, he's back away um, out of Atlanta. Uh, he got fired from his job oh. um, three years ago and hasn't worked since because he does real estate full time. Really? Yeah, okay. he's like, the hell with them? I, I, I'm saying, yeah. now he makes way more money as a real estate entrepreneur than yeah, he did working yeah. a full time job. Right? Yeah, so um, he has about, I think, nine Airbnbs in, in, in Atlanta right now. Oof. Right? All okay. making you know, decent money. Minting, probably. Right? So he, he does really well with that. Um, right. And then he was also like one of my early uh, real estate mentors. Okay. All right. So that's um, somebody to talk to. Yeah, I, I met the I met the dude uh, in 2013 at a fraternity conference. Okay. And we just like kept in touch ever since. No, I liked. I met in 2012 at a fraternity conference. Okay. Um, and then like through through, through the groupie, uh, I have people who I'm connecting with as well. Because mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you that I'm interested in moving to the DMV area. Yes, you did. And through the groupie, I'm meeting people who are already very investing, already have like a successful a strategy, right? right? So when I when I eventually move there, we're gonna start making partners to make some things happen, right? Yeah. I, I got folks in uh California that have invested some money with us to try to see how we can make it happen. Right. So just 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 things like that. Like there are people networking. Okay. Yeah. Honestly man, it's like everything that like you want to do, as weird as it sounds, there's somebody have done it before. Maybe not like, like the exact same way, as much as you don't flavor to it, but there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Fair enough. Right. Look where people have done it. That's really good advice, man. And I think also it's, it's really helpful to hear that because like, all right, well, it's not so impossible because somebody might have done some version of it before. Um, and I'm moving kind of just pivoting a little bit to more of your uh, pro bono activities, what you give to your community. Um, uh, first of all, I used to assume, personally, just because of the way I am, I used to assume that, oh, you know, you come from Nigeria, you come from Ghana, you come from wherever, and you get into a better situation somewhere else. Inherently, you would want to give back. That's not the case. In fact, that's actually quite rare. No, a lot of it, it is. It is. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. And it's not in it's not in it's not in the way when I say rare. It's not that you will ask somebody and say, oh, I don't want to give back to Nigeria. Nobody's ever going to say that. But there's generally a deference towards a focus on your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. Those human beings are always our own self-preservation. And it's most people just want to, I have bills to pay this month. And, and that's perfectly legit. I can't knock anybody for that. But the effort to go outside of yourself and to really, really care and work towards it. Because mm-hmm. one thing to, you know, like a post on Instagram. Good step. That's contribution to some degree. But going there and doing the work and building building something interesting, building something valuable, creating value for people is, that's actually, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy work to do. And it's also extremely rare. Where do you think that comes from for you? Is it just something that, do you know if there's a point you identify in your life where you decided, hey, this is, I want to contribute back to Liberia. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Oh man, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was like, so my first came to this country, the first fight I ever got into was because somebody called me an African Buddhist graduate. Oof. Right. 
And I, his name was Kevin. I was in like third grade. Right. And I remember beating his ass. <laughs> hey, Kevin. <laughs> Don't see Joey. He'll beat your it, ass again. It, it's weird. It's weird. Because I still, I still remember the shit. Uh, but it's like... Uh, and so from that period, like up until like kindergarten to like... Not through third grade to like uh, maybe like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Okay. I was still like partly ashamed of, of my African identity. Mm. Right. So like 13... 14, I started like looking into, uh, uh, like learning more about my culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cool. You, you know, you learn the, the generic stuff, you know, Liberia's where like the free slaves went to, yeah. you know, name of the Jane Monroe, Monrovia, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then I think like there, there was this video uh, by Alpha Blondie, it's called Peace in Liberia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want peace in Liberia, peace in Monrovia, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm watching the video. It was like a little slideshow of like child soldiers right. and them holding weapons and like you could just tell like, like their mind was being. This is at the point where I'm starting to think for myself. All right. And I'm like, yo, man, these niggas look just like me, bro. Yeah. Like that could have easily been me in this situation, despite if I wasn't given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, an opportunity, as weird as it sounds, coming to the United States, uh, and given an opportunity to like, you know be able to change that family tree dynamic per se. Yeah. Uh, so cool. All right. I'm going to be president of Liberia. That, that's what it was. I'm, I'm going to change that dynamic. Fuck it. Uh, but then eventually, yeah, bro, I'm going to be president of Liberia. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So I think that that's what it was. But I will say I question your narrative, though, because it's like every African that I've met, Maybe you're right. Yeah, you you are in a self you self select even with your networking and your interactions. Yeah. You go to spaces that people who already mm. care are coming to. Mm. You're right. Confirmation bias. You're, yeah. 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 Definitely right. So, but like people like always talk about you know what I'm saying wanting to get back and possibly to come to do so. Yeah. Um, and I champion the efforts of the people that I'm not I meet when I travel. Man, it's like it is so amazing like how dope mm. like these young Africans are, bro. Like. Oh man, absolutely. Like, if I'm going to talk about it, like, like one of my boys, his name is Turk, and I always shot Turk out. Uh, I met Turk in Liberia, right? Um, Turk is a physical therapist. Okay. Right? So his aunt is a physical therapist as well. So him and his aunt hollered at each other. They put money together, took some loans out, went to Liberia, and opened the only physical therapy firm in Morovia. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And this is my boy. Right. You know what I'm about? And then, like, in addition to that, they... They trained people on how to do the physical therapy work. Okay. All right. Granted, you know, less certification, all, all that, all that um, fine right. that we have here in the States. But at the same time, they're like having tangible results. So, yeah. Right. right. And okay. it's, it's a profitable social, um, economic, social entrepreneurship opportunity. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, or like uh, one of my boys that I just met, uh, well, Jojo, he, he's moved back to my career, so it's Omar confirm. And then like Isaac and Matt. Uh, they have a, they have a, an organization where they take students from Morehouse to Liberia. Oh wow! Like, on like a turn of spring break or a turn of Christmas break, stuff oh, like wow. that. Show them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. And so it's like it's meeting people like that that's doing the work. I'm right. like, yo, like, bro, we doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, I, I just championed the efforts of and then another girl who has her own nonprofit and multiple nonprofits, but. 
So I just like question that that narrative, and I champion the efforts people that are actually like doing, doing, doing. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, and that's phenomenal. Is that what motivates you as well to towards your work? And just to give our, our listeners a little bit of background, Joe is the director of volunteership services for a nonprofit called Libraries for Liberia. Actually, how about you just tell us what Libraries for Liberia is? Right, so yes. Libraries for Liberia was founded in uh, twenty ten. Uh, 2011 by a guy named Zulu Cooper, right? right? So Zulu Cooper is like one of my old heads here in Columbus. Uh, and the premise of Libraries for Liberia was when he went back, he was like, man, I really want to um, help my people and, you know, focus on education. Uh, so the goal is to try to build a standalone library in Liberia. So okay. he had that goal. And it's been, it's been, it's been slowly coming off the ground, right? Okay. So he was able to have to do one shipments back to Liberia. And at the time we were working with, and still are in some capacity, working with the Girl Scouts Association, which is um, the equivalent of the Girl Scouts here in the States. Okay. Right. Well, excuse me. So uh, what that means is like, we would ship the books back and they are also a nonprofit organization. So they dedicated duty free from, 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 from the vote ports, right. Okay. And then we're facilitated through them, through, through the school. Um, so the organization started up strong, kind of slowed down. Right. So when I graduated, I'm like, man, I really want to get back to my country. So I was going to start my own nonprofit. Really? Right? Okay. I'm like, why? Yeah, there was because something else I can put back for you. Exactly. Right. There's already people doing what I, what I want to do. So yeah. I don't want to like start organizations that I started. Mm. Right? You know what I mean? So uh, when I joined Libraries for Liberia, right now we're in the rebuilding stage. All right. So it's me. It's just me and Zulu. Even though my position is director of services, director of services, I'm currently acting as the president. Right. And uh, in 2017, uh, we were able to collect about 12,000 books. Wow. All right. So right now I have 12,000 books in a facility, uh, a storage facility, two storage lockers All right. in Westerville, uh, right outside Columbus. And we've been waiting to ship them to, to Liberia. Okay. All right. So we need a 40 foot container. It cost about fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars. All right. Um, a little under fifteen thousand, but right. our, our budget is fifteen thousand dollars. So okay. Get it to Liberia and get it to Springfield County. Right, 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 right. So at the time, we didn't know that we know it's called like fifteen thousand dollars. So Zulu went back to Liberia and got connected with the vice president of Liberia, Joel Taylor. Right. So she gave us five thousand dollars to to, to to ship it. Okay. Um, time to ship it. Cost more than that. So there was a slight disconnect because she was like, I'll give you guys money. You, you said it cost this much, I'll give you this much, you're not shipping it yet. So long story short, we um, are still in the process of trying to ship those books. Okay. So when I came back uh, to the States, uh, uh, hold up, I um, when, I learned, when I learned about it, I'm like, cool, what, what can we do to, um, to still get this book? So I worked with multiple student organizations here in Columbus, the fraternity brothers, uh, students from you know different universities, mm-hmm. uh, some Rotary Club and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we were able to sort organize the books, had a couple few uh, volunteer opportunities. So we, we sort of organized the books, organized it by whether it's reading books, whether it's textbooks. Okay. Right? And if it's textbooks, what grade level? Right. So mm-hmm. we have some going from elementary school all the way to high school. Okay. And in addition to that, we also have some, some college books where professors here are sending books to professors back home in Liberia. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. So the support is amazing. That's right. Um, 
And right now I'm working with the Department of Defense. So okay. the Department of Defense oh. have a humanitarian aid section mm. where if you are registered 501c3, okay. um, you're legit, they're able to ship any humanitarian aid efforts anywhere in the world, well, to developing countries. Mm. So they're shipping our books to Liberia, but in order to do so, we have to apply for this grant. And the grant that we got was $15,000 for the grant. But we right now I'm waiting for them to come and expect our, our shipment. Okay. So the only stipulation with that is we can't have any books or materials that are politically affiliated. Okay. Religious affiliated okay. or any sexual affiliation right. along right. those lines, right? Which makes sense. Right. So once those books are shipped, we're shipping twelve thousand books to to Liberia. And I and I, the timeline right now, it they come and expect it in time, but probably be anywhere between March, uh, April, May, or June, somewhere in that time frame. Okay. Because early I, summer. Yeah, early yeah, spring, spring, summer. summer. I'm waiting on them to give me the time frame of when they're going to come and inspect the book. Okay. All right. So once they inspect it, within a month or so, they will ship it. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. So, Good. Excellent. When it ships to Liberia, uh, as I mentioned, we, we, we were working with the Girls College Association. And I say work, because right now we're renegotiating some, some terms. Uh, to make it more, um, or just renegotiating the logistics of it, right? Okay. Uh, how to make it more more efficient. Um, so they pick it up, they store it, at the facility store, right? And then through there, we also work on the distribution where we are building actually right. libraries inside these schools while we are working on the on the. Um, while we are working with uh, different administrators and okay. and so forth to actually fill up stand on the library. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, By the way, we, we can have a, another conversation. The college I went to, they actually do efforts like that every year. They go to different countries and build something. They did a, they did a pretty nice library in Ghana. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a college of architecture, so it's a beautiful building. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, my trip to Liberia recently, I've been, I was able to connect with some people in high places okay. to see how we can start leveraging our efforts to build a standalone library. Because okay. right? yet again, it's not about the credit, or yeah. like, it's about getting the work done. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and I also identified a new partner that we're going to continue to work with to help facilitate books through them. Okay. To, to as an organization, right? And that partner was Teach for Liberia. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. So, Teach for Liberia. Um, it's part of the whole Teach for Us organization, right? Okay. We, we should also follow the same principles as Teach, Teach for America, America right? right? Exact same principles. Uh, my guy, uh, who also happens to be a fraternity brother, Desmond, um, Desmond Diggs, uh, he, he went to Morehouse for his undergrad, went to UPenn for his grad, got master's in education, and he went back to Liberia and started an organization under Teach for Us. So his contract is he's the, the main person, I don't want to say what the title would be, like director whatsoever or okay. founder whatsoever, but he's the one that's establishing a teachable library in, 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 in Morovia. Hmm. And the principle is they recruit teachers from different colleges of the university, hmm. right? Neighboring universities, Liberia, University of Liberia, Covington, AME, and surrounding countries as well. Right. right, and they teach them how to properly teach and educate, right? Okay. Two, and then like three, they pay them a livable wage um, on time. Because one of the problems okay. in the yeah, 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 yeah. you don't get paid on time. Yeah. Uh, uh, African countries, I should say. So those are like the three factors. And then like 
right now they literally just, just had like their placement like two weeks ago. So they're in four schools, right? and I'm super excited to see how we're going to continue our partnership because. You, you get these adequate teachers for not going to these schools. So teaching with adequate textbooks now. Right, materials. right. And they're lacking their materials. So now we want to see how we can provide the materials to different organizations to support. So yeah, man, I'm super excited for the work that you know we're doing, and then we're going to continue to do. Okay, awesome. What's your process for? I mean, you seem to be phenomenal at more than. The vast, more than very, you know, and, and this kind of as this episode will also come out. There, there are like two or maybe three of you, maybe, of highlighting they're doing like incredible work. I'll tell you about the other person after the podcast. Um, but you know, you seem to be very, very good at connecting people, connecting to partners to help you. Um, how do you do that internally? Getting people to join your or your team? Like, okay, Joe doesn't want to send all the emails. Joe doesn't shouldn't have to send all the emails. How do you get people? I think that for for a lot of times that's the harder part. Getting people to commit wholeheartedly to being part of a brand and an image. Um, how, how do you how do you do that? So to be honest, that's something I'm still learning. Okay. All right. Um, because I'm not that good at it. Right. And I'm glad that you get that perception, but our perception is false. And identify that, but I'm working on that. And the reason yeah. is because it's like right now I'm rebuilding uh, Teach Like Bear, where mm-hmm. I'm reestablishing a board, uh, and we have some people who are interested in being board members. But I want them to be like invested, right? Right. We want an organization, but it's not like we don't really need money to to um, to survive, right? Right. Um, but we also want people who are committed. And I think what 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 worked for me is that like. A lot of people have, you know, strong ambitions and strong goals of wanting to get back to the country. Everybody talk about it, right? But once you see somebody doing it, and it's like, hey, like it's not a big deal. Let's be big to do it. Like, right, they, right. they invest in that, and I think like what separates successful organizations because oftentimes when people are supporting an organization, they're more time investing in the person, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like they believe in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And uh-huh. like. Like my guy Desmond, I believe in him wholeheartedly. Okay. Right? Uh, I believe in him wholeheartedly. Like, as a nonprofit, I feel like you're also coming to Roblox, mm-hmm. but I believe in him and his vision and his ability to overcome several roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why I connect with him. I'm working with him. Right. And like, somehow some people believe in me in the same way. Mm-hmm. Right? Or something similar to the sense. Right? Uh, so, with the, the nonprofit and teach for Liberia, my goal is to uh, get it to where I think it's to be. And, and that vision is essentially uh, a standalone nonprofit that's financially uh, able to provide and support other nonprofits in whatever capacity they're doing, right? Um, getting our books in these classrooms so that students can have an actual library in the school so they can read children's books, right? Connect them to other librarian authors so we can get their books in front of in front of children, right? Uh, connecting with uh, other visionaries, other librarian educators, you know what I'm saying? Yet again, education is something I'm passionate about, but it's not my first love, you know? It's yeah. kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm into business entrepreneurship, but at the same time, like, I want, education is important, bro, but like, one, one of my biggest things is, is exposure. Hmm. All right. I want to expose these children to like a real outside of Liberia, outside of like, you know, the local community. And the easiest way to do so without physically transporting them is providing them materials to enhance that, 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 that mindset. Right. All right. So 
that's a part of it, bro. That was so, about the laptop drive. Yeah. Going after. Yeah, him. yeah. So the 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 laptop drive, bro. Like so. In addition to the books, I'm like, man, how can we really enhance this library? Mm-hmm. Let's get laptops. I was really surprised how many people supported, bro. I can't even hold you. That's like, amazing. I That's was surprised. Amazing. I was trying to get like five or six laptops. We ended up raising enough for 25. Wow. Okay. All right. And this was like in two weeks. Wow. It was like a last this effort. Hey, man, like, okay, let's see what's going on. Literally, bro, it was like a last this two weeks effort. effort. And people will support. Be like, it, Facebook and Instagram that like with mine on the video. Right. And I was really surprised how many people supported, bro. That's phenomenal. Like, I can't stress that enough. I was really surprised at how many people supported. And I was like, yo, this is the testament that like, yo, like I'm doing like good work, I guess. Hmm. But I was I can't stress it up and I was like really humble and surprised when people supported. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And I think part of that is people believing in you too. But part of that is people trust you to do the right thing and yeah, yeah. and you have been so far i guess the next question i would ask is kind of you know what's next in those efforts you know where does this go for you or do you plan on pivoting into new adventures what would you like to chase moving forward so uh continue the efforts man so like i have this year i'm going to go to two or three african conventions whether okay. in, the, in, the, in the states or outside the states okay uh, one to continue to see how other people are doing the same work that I'm doing, but doing it more, more, more efficiently. All right, because Libraries for Liberia um, is an additional project for me. All right, it's not it's not like my main focus. All right, um, it's an additional project. We, we should stop what I kind of struggle with because I have a full time job. I have, a, I have a side business. Right, but at the same time, I have like the ambition to want to continue to improve uh, the country through Libraries for Liberia. Right, and I also didn't mention the improvement project, but that's another, that's another one. Um, so libraries for Liberia is like, okay, cool. So let's see how we can connect with other people and um, and just share energy to create energy to move forward. All right. And so that, and then the school that we just recently worked with to build the library, okay, we got them computers and they're using generators, mm. but sometimes generators don't work. Right. So we identify an area of improvement. Okay, so we, we built, we didn't build per se, but we um, use a space that they have and created a library out, out of that space. Hmm. Okay, now so how can we support that space? Cool. What well, Liberia has rainy season and dry season. During dry seasons, it's sunny all the damn time. Hmm. Cool. Let's get solar panels. So we identified an area of improvement was to try to build a solar panel on the school. Right, some cheap solar panels. Yeah. It's going to cost us anywhere between 700 to 1100 bucks. Okay. Right, that's relatively like inexpensive. Right. So um, that might be one of our next projects for this year for that particular school, in right. addition to continuing to collect, collect more, collect more books, books on right. laptops that's and excellent. so forth. That's excellent, I guess. And, and I think like one of the reasons why we kept stressing the laptops, yeah, books are cool, but like we got to teach these kids like tangible skills, like yeah. typing yeah. In, in Excel. Like, yeah. And today's days, yeah, yeah, that's you know, what like, you need. We live in a global workforce now, like right. so we gotta make these kids competitive. Absolutely. All right. So yeah, um, that's what it is, bro. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and first of all, I appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this. I think, I think it's really useful for people to hear about a lot of people contributing. I think that every time one of these conversations happens, it moves the needle for somebody else who was on the fence before. And um, I've heard that back from a lot of folks who listen to the podcast as well. So first of all, I appreciate you for that. One final question I always try to ask all of my podcast guests is um, kind of looking at your experiences. You got to visit Ghana, Tanzania, 
um, Liberia this 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 uh, winter for Christmas. Um, you have experience on the continent. Um, if if there's one thing you were pessimistic about, so both within Liberia and the continent in general, what would that be? And that would be, you know, what what worries you? What could be a problem in the future? And the second question is, what what are you optimistic about? What excites you? What what makes you in whatever order you want to go? Man, I don't know if I'm like really pessimistic about anything. Okay. And that's only because it's like, so like, I'm a huge advocate for Liberia. I fucking love my country, as everybody yeah. should. Right. Right. This is my second uh, life in the United States, my second home. But like, um, Liberia used to be the pride of the of Africa, right? Of West Africa, I should say. Right. Prior to the um, Sorry. prior to other West African countries like a sovereignty nation. Right. You know, Liberia was you know the oldest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like a lot of people don't know this, but. Prime Nkrumah before you know became prime minister or, or president of Ghana went to the Tubman in Liberia to, to really learn how he was running Liberia, hmm. right? Uh, whenever world leaders would go to West Africa, they would stop in Liberia before I mean the civil war took took everything down. Liberia had the only five star hotel in West Africa for so long wow. time, right? Wow. So it's like uh, <laughs> uh, when I was in Ghana, uh, people show mad love, like I, I freaking love Ghana. Uh, so there's three things I, I learned on, on my ship about Liberia, right? So the first one that I was really impressed with. So the first one, I was really impressed with the new wave of Liberian artists, hmm. right? And I loved it so much. Is it like music or art? Music. Music, okay. Yeah, Liberian. Uh, so, like, I say this all the time, and I, some people take offense to it, but, but not. And I used to say, like, uh, I, I love... Nigerian music. I love Afro pop music. Right? Okay. But I felt like for a period of time, um, Nigeria monopolized Afro pop music, and it wasn't intentionally. Right. But that's because like all of the biggest Afro pop artists right. came from uh, Nigeria, Ghana a little bit. Right. And then now there's another big one from uh, Tanzania. Tanzania, right? Um, right. What's his name? Diamond Platinum. Uh, yeah, Diamond yeah. Platinum's. Right. And that that's totally fine. Right. Right. But and and the reason is at the same time though it's like there wasn't, I'm going to say this correctly. So in librarian music, I was never always a big fan of librarian music. Right. I feel like now our artists has gotten better. We're using technology. I was really mm-hmm. impressed by uh, how, how big the world, like my guy, Bucky Roll, he had this one album in the world a couple years, a couple months back. I think oh, it was like wow. December. Right? Wow. Uh, number one world album outside of the United States whatsoever. Right. Um, Don Jazzy shouted him out, you know, uh, Davido shouted him out. Wow. Uh, so it, it is like, now I believe more in librarian music. So I saw that when I was on the ground connecting with these librarian artists, carrying music, yo, I could vibe with this. Like, right, like, I, right, like, right. like I can play this in a Nigerian mix of dope artists yeah, and feel proud. Yo, this, right. is, this is librarian music, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. like right. and to go back to my statement of saying like you know nigeria have monopolized on afro pop music but it was not an insult or a jab to nigeria right. i'm just saying they've been doing great work for a long period of time right you know what i'm saying and like other countries are like following suit right. seeing what worked and learning right. the distribution people eat up off it exactly. every, exactly. every successful right. musician right. Like, is 100 people fed my, my boy um young, young moose um he did a song with techno two years ago right. um but he actually went moved to Nigeria for six months hmm. to work on this album because okay. he wanted to learn how they were doing it. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So like I love that. Yeah. Um the, the collaborative. Right. So yes. that's um that that's one was the music. Uh 
another thing I learned from Ghana was the tourism, right? <sighs> tourism. I, I like. I can't stress how much I was impressed with Ghana, well, Accra in particular. Hmm. Like tourism was big. Um, so Ghana, I'm sure you've seen this, was, was rated or was ranked number fourth country to visit out of wow. the top 50 list wow. for, for 2019. Wow, that's, that's impressive. fucking huge. That is really right. impressive. That is huge. I'm like, yo, like Ghana is putting on. And another part of the aspect of that is like, as you mentioned earlier, like their leadership. They were actively welcoming back people of African descent in, in, right. in the diaspora. Right. Come home, come come see the culture. Right. right? You come home, you're welcome. Right? You, you know, say you experience that, and I think that's something that Liberians Liberia can learn from. Yeah. Not like never be ashamed to ask for help. So another aspect that I love about Ghana is that they embrace the culture. Liberians embrace the culture too. But I keep highlighting Ghana because, for example, the Cape Coast castle that I went to, mm-hmm. I, I want to say it was life changing but it, it generated deep reflection, hmm. right? So they, they, uh, they uh, Ghana embraced the history of the slave, the, the Cape Coast castle, okay. and found a way to monopolize on it, yeah. right? And use that revenue to continue to boost the economy, yeah. right? Liberia could do the exact same thing, yeah. right? Freaking, when the free slaves went back and established uh, Liberia is a talented nation, mm-hmm. right? We can literally have the same principles. Maybe yeah. not a castle per se, right. but on property. There's a story island, to be told. Like, use that as a national landmark, use that uh, as a tourist particular destination. Right. Around the road, we see where the first returned slaves uh, went back to their home country, uh, uh, went back to their home, na- home continent, I should say, of Africa, mm-hmm. and like establish a nation. Like, our constitution, written in 1847 by Hillary, whatever his name is, but he went to Howard University. Really? Right? He wrote our constitution. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like right. our first three, four presidents from, from the United States, like, were free slaves. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like we're from freaking Ohio, Baltimore, D.C., all that area. So, it, right. it, it's like, it's like, bro, like, tourism, it would monopolize on that, capitalize on it. When I, when I went to, to, um, I was in Liberia this past Christmas. The Department of Tourism and Hospitality hosted an event. Great event, but it was poorly attended. Mm. Um, great event, great event too, man. Um, my, my, and how do you think it was poorly attended? Uh, I mean, the easiest answer would be say marketing. Right. Um, but I don't know. It was poorly attended. That's just the reality of it. But great event yet again. Like um, Liberia has a has a huge surf culture, right? A lot of people don't know about that, and I think I mentioned how like my homegirl yeah, is um, highlighting creating a documentary on that, where she eventually went and did it to Netflix to continue to, to show that. Wow. Right. So I just so it was that I said music, music, tourism, tourism, and then um, and it, it's kind of. The tourism, but I think the, the last thing would probably be like I cannot say this. So the tourism would kind of fall into like embracing and welcoming back Africans in the diaspora mm. um, to to come back home. But the third thing I would probably say, and I stress this all the time, is dual citizenship. Mm. All right, I stress this all the time, dual citizenship. 
Liberia don't have dual citizenship. Really? Right. So you can't both be a citizen of No. Liberia. So when I became a U.S. citizen, I, I renounced my Liberian citizenship. Okay. Right. Um, so technically by law, I can't own any land or property in Liberia. Oh, wow. All right. So during the um, Civil War, I wrote a paper on this actually, but during the Civil War, uh, there was a huge like brain drain death that left the country, yeah. right? And uh, you saw refugees in other countries and different yeah. um, countries and outside uh, the continent, and you gain citizenship there and you establish your life there, but you still right. want to go back and invest in your country. Right. So I feel like when we have established a citizenship, there will be more people willing to go back and invest in, in Liberia right. and continue to build that infrastructure, you know? Um, I mean, of course, the politics in Liberia are getting better. You know, we're, we're building, uh, we're building more, more roads. Uh, but I feel like those citizenships kind of holding us back in the sense that, by law, women cannot pass on birthright, cannot pass on citizenship to to, to their offspring. Okay. And you're making that face, but the, the thing is, yet again, in 1847, right. our constitution was written. Right. And these were slaves that came from the United States. States back to right. Liberia. So they're reflecting on what the United States was like at the time. Yeah, so the fear was these men from outside countries would come and rape our women, oh. have birth by them, give birth to their kids who are now Liberian citizens. Right. Right. And try to steal our land, try right. to steal our resources. Right. Right. So so only um librarians, only Liberian men could pass on Liberian citizenship, one, and like two, only people of Negro descent can can own land in Liberia. Mm. At the time, it makes perfect sense to still kind of do. Right. Mine is the whole woman passion on like birthright. Right. Um, so, like, dual citizenship, yet again, come back to it, will give people in the diaspora an incentive to invest in their country. Because if I buy uh, 100 acres of land in Liberia, I'm not here in the States, it's on, it's on my name. Mm. Somebody in, in Liberia who owned the land before can say, well, I can't. Sell it to you because you're not a librarian citizenship. I'm, I'm gonna keep your money. So now we're, 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 we're battling in course for like the yeah. money back. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. Um, so yeah. So yeah, it just yeah, it creates a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, all right. So those are the three things that I feel like I've learned on this trip. Um, and I'm just excited to like, uh, like I, I left feeling a part about where like, library is going. That's good. That's good. That's exciting. And man, I appreciate your time. Um, this has been Joe Sao with Pod Save Africa. This has been your host. I can't add it really. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the podcast. Let me say a couple of final words to my listeners. Well, man, thank you, thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited for you know connecting with other you know uh, uh, African enthusiasts, people who are supporting the, the work that we do in, in Liberia and other African countries. Uh, man, I, like the new wave of young African, like Af- like Africa is cool, bro. Yeah, like it's cool, cool to be African. Yeah, I would cool say people are like adapted to our to our culture and want to be part of us, man. So own that, man. Yep. Like Africa to the world, bro. Awesome. And then, where can people find you? Uh, so, uh, email josephbsaw@gmail.com. Um, you can find my real estate properties at uh, miniboomerroti uh, dot com. Uh, Kareem Blumen.com, uh, Instagram, Sundiata. Funny, fun fact, I, I trace my last name to part of the Mali Empire. Mm-hmm. So I also, uh, Sundiata, um, it's a huge, if you haven't, if you guys don't know, there's a huge, beaut
Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, guys. It's been Pod Save Africa. You have a wonderful rest of your day. And follow Joe everywhere. Follow us at Pod Save Africa on Instagram. Goodbye.